Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, I'm so glad you've joined me. This is pretty important stuff. It's life-changing, really. I'm going to assume that you've heard the word baptism, and maybe you've even had classes where you've talked about it or the minister has talked about it. Maybe some of you have seen different baptistries, which just is another word for a place where we baptize. And they do come in a wide variety of forms. In some church buildings, you will find a big pool of water, so deep that you can walk down into it up to about your chest. Others, it's not that deep. In other churches, it's just a basin somewhere, maybe made out of stone or something pretty. And it's just a couple of gallons of water in there. And you may have wondered, what is all of this about? Well, that's what this is about. It won't be a long video, and I hope it'll answer most of your questions. If you see people immersed, that means that the baptistry is big enough that they're walking down into it and the water may just come to the waist or up to the chest. And then the minister or the priest or the pastor will say some words and then you'll be lowered back under the water and then you come right back up. It's not even a matter of having to hold your breath because you're not going to be down that long and someone has a hold of you, you're in control all the time. So no worries there, but you might wonder, well, why would anybody want to do that? And that, that's a good thing to wonder about. Questions are good. You should look, you should notice, you should think, and then you should ask questions. Because if you're in a good church, your questions will always be received with respect and you will be answered in full until you are satisfied that you've got a straight and good answer to your question. What you are seeing, when you are seeing people being baptized, you are seeing them join a movement. Now, I do need to talk about an exception. There are some churches where they sprinkle water on a baby. Uh, that's not the same as what we see in scripture when we talk about baptism. Now the people who are bringing their babies to have this water sprinkled over them and to be baptized into that church are doing the best they know how and I really appreciate what they're doing. What they're really doing is dedicating their child, saying we will raise this child in the faith. Now only some churches do that. Most churches in a Protestant tradition don't do that. But regardless, what we're going to talk about in this class for you is about people that are more grown up being baptized, people more like you, people who aren't babies. Maybe you're not full grown up, maybe you can't buy a car and you can't drive yet, but you are old enough to think and you are old enough to make some decisions. So we're going to talk about you and baptism is all about you at this stage because 
at this stage, when you are baptized, everything changes. You are joining a great community, a community which is worldwide and which has existed for thousands of years. You are joining a story too, and stories are so important. I don't know if you've found this yet in your life, wherever you are, whether you're eight years old, 18 years old. And I think probably this video is best for people between the eight and 18, but anybody who listens is fine. You're gonna find that story is one of the most important things in your life. You have to pick a story. You have to pick a story that tells you about your value and the value of the people around you. And you're gonna to have to pick a story which is bigger than you. Because if you pick a story that's all about you, it leads to misery and loneliness and division. So we need to pick a story which is bigger. And so people will join groups, maybe community groups or charitable groups, or they'll join churches. But when you're baptized, you are joining a great ancient story that still has incredible power in the here and the now. We need, to, we need our story and Christians have a story. And that story starts with creation and water. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What happens next? Well, the very next verse, we find that the surface of the earth was, was full of chaos and water and storms. And so the Holy Spirit then hovers over the water, moves and brings order out of chaos. Our story starts with God's power and water. And we'll keep finding that. As we go through the scripture, you'll, you'll find one, you know, one story after another that involves water and God bringing us through the water. Now, when Moses freed the slaves, if you don't know that story, you need to look up that story sometime and read it. Slavery is a terrible, terrible, evil thing. There is nothing good about slavery. When God's people were enslaved, he sent Moses down to free them. Now, once they were freed after a series of miracles and actions that God did and that uh, Moses did, finally Pharaoh gave up and he released the slaves. To get them to freedom, however, they had to go through water. They had to go through the Red Sea. Again, a miracle was involved there, but you're gonna find that sometimes getting people through water doesn't need a miracle. It is still, however, part of God's story. Now, whenever they walked through that water, they'd never done that before. They were probably a bit frightened and they probably wondered what, what would this was all about, but they saw that the pursuing army was coming to take them back into slavery. And God was saying, walk through this water and you will be safe. And so they did, and they were. They were very safe. They had God with them as they went from that point on. Later, the next generation would come up against the River Jordan. And we've all seen rivers, and some rivers are very nice and some are very troubled. You know, they, they go really fast and there are a bunch of rocks and logs in them. Well, this particular river is kind of shaped like a snake and it just really coils around. And so generally, it's a very nice river, but there are times of year when you get a lot of rain and the water just hits the banks of that and it's a really scary kind of river. 
the people on the other side of the river thought that that river had a god in it and that god in that water especially when it got all frothy and waves would protect them against everybody and so they weren't worried about the israelites coming to cross the water they were certain their god could handle it thing is a lot of israelites knew that story a lot of them were also afraid that there was a god in that water and so god had to show them that he is the only god and that the water was just water and so he told them cross the river walk into the river and when he did he stopped it and he opened it up so that they could go through again water chaos then god comes and you go through the water and you are now safe that's constantly told in our great grand story that you're considering joining and becoming a part of the people of israel learned through all of this that their god is a great god and that they can trust him and one of the ways they can show their trust is to walk through the water so let's go all the way up to the jewish times of worship in the lifetime of jesus as you would approach the temple there would be these things carved down into the rock as a rule some of them were higher but most of them were carved down into the rock and the men would go into one and the women would go into the other and you would generally go with some of your clothes on you would step down into this pool of water and then you would dip under the water and then you would raise up and you'd walk out of the water and that was a ritual form of cleansing now i'm aware that you may not use words like ritual a ritual is a thing you go through to remind you of a great truth for example before you get married most people have a wedding ceremony ceremony is just another word for ritual it is a way of saying we know this is important and therefore we're putting time and effort and a lot of thought into doing this so we're going to we're going to put on special clothes perhaps we're going to to rent a church or a facility and we're going to call our friends in and we're going to do this ceremony now do you need to have a ceremony to be married no you really don't you can go to a judge in, in America and there are many other ways to get married in other countries but the ceremony has meaning to the people who go through it there are other rituals we do such as funerals we do rituals such as meeting and clubs and then you get a special medal around your neck because you're in this honor society or you've done this good thing these are all rituals baptism was a ritual the jews were very very familiar with it they would go through this this ritual cleansing this is another way of saying i want to wash away all of my sins and dirt uh, dirt on my heart and soul not the body so that i can worship god with a clear conscience now sometimes they would go through this a few times same day other times it would be a long time between dipping in the water those by the way if you just want to know cool word those in hebrew were called mikvah and if you had more than one mikvahot it was just a part of their life and here comes a man who says i want you to walk with god again 
his nation, his people. Judea was the name of it. He said, we've gotten away. We've fallen away from our God. And we need to remember to come to him with clean hearts so we can walk with him again. One of the very earliest stories in the Bible talks about God walking with human beings, Adam and Eve. And every night he would come and walk with them in the garden. Well, John was saying, you need to walk with God again. But to do that, we're going to need to get rid of some of the bad things we've been doing. And we need to go through the water again. We need to dedicate ourselves to Jesus. Jesus Christ is not his name. Jesus is. Christ is a title, which means Messiah, the anointed one. We use it as a way of saying we believe that Jesus Christ, the Christ, is the Son of God. It's a statement of belief and an entry into a story which is bigger than us, more important than us, and yet every person in it is very important, very important to God himself. So what did John the Baptist do? He went into the River Jordan. Remember that river? And people would come to him and he would lower them all the way under the water and then bring them all the way back up. Not violently, you're not getting jerked. You're not being held down to where it's scary. Nothing like that. It's a very gentle process. And for some people, I've seen many baptisms where instead of lowering backwards, they just crouch forwards and go that way because it's more comfortable for the person. Others, I've seen people baptized with chairs because they, they weren't sure that their legs would work right. And people would bring out chairs and then they'd lower them under the water right back up. Like I said, you don't even have to hold your breath. It is not super quick. It is slow but sweet and there's no worries. We're not going to lose you in baptism. In fact, you're going to gain something. When you enter the water, you have entered a story. When you come out of the water, you are part of the story. And one of the last things Jesus said to us before he ascended back to heaven in Matthew 28 was he told people, go out there and teach people how to live life like Jesus does, like he does. And then he said, baptize them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are ushered right into this great, amazing, wonderful story. And God walks with you. Just like he walked with Adam and Eve in a garden, God will always walk with you. Now, you may not always feel it, and there may be times that you wonder if he's really there, but God will always have faith in you, even when it's hard for you to have faith in him. And he's not going to be far from you. He's going to be right there. In fact, Paul preached a sermon to a bunch of people that didn't even believe in God. They believed in a bunch of pagan gods. Now, that means gods that are kind of made up and maybe they're God of a tree or a storm or a particular hill. That's all they knew. And when Paul talked to them, he said, you're looking for God, but he is not far from you. You don't have to look. He's very close. Well, in baptism, he says, God will live in you. And so will Jesus and so will the Holy Spirit. And you'll be part of a big story and a big community that does amazing works of grace and kindness and charity all over the world and always has. 
You may not hear about it on the news or see it on Instagram or any of the other social media apps because Christians tend to do their things quietly, gently, and out of love. And so you're, you're, you're considering entering that story? That's a good story to enter. When Jesus dies on the cross and he's resurrected on the third day, he showed us that this story also is a story of life, an eternal life, a life forever with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with all the other people God has loved through the ages. And God has loved a lot of people, including you, and including everybody you know. It'll be, it'll be in a redeemed place that we like to call heaven. Before we're baptized, you need to do you need to know a few things. True. We want to make sure that you're old enough to understand that this is a powerful, meaningful ritual that really does affect who you are and your standing in in the in the universe. It's a big deal. Whenever some people ask Peter, what what do we need to do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you for the remission of your sins. Well, what does that mean? Because that's kind of churchy words. And if you're not a churchy person yet, you might not know them. Well, first of all, you need to repent. And before you can repent, you've got to figure out that you've done some things wrong. Now, not little things like lost your shoes or didn't bring home a homework assignment or something like that. We're talking about you have to you have to realize that there were times you could have chosen to do good, but you didn't, or where you actively did wrong. You hurt somebody, you lied, you stole, you hit somebody, you harmed someone else, or you harmed yourself, perhaps by becoming drunk or becoming um, too high and on any particular drug out there or maybe you've harmed yourself in other ways. It, you have to know you have sinned. It means miss the target. You had a target out there to be good and to do good, but instead you didn't do good and you may have done harm. And now you feel really bad about that. And you would like that to be taken off your record to where when God looks at you, he never sees that. And in his view of you, it never happened. That's pretty magical, by the way, it's wonderful. That's called repenting wanting that gone. Sometimes we can turn our lives around, but most of the time we need help. And wouldn't it be wonderful to have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in you and to be in a big believing, loving community that believes the same story you do and believes that you are valuable, that you are a daughter of God, you are a son of God, and that you are worth everything we can do to help you and to love you. Well, the entry point to that in most uh, people's understanding of the word baptism is baptism. And now in Romans chapter 10, we're also told to confess Christ. And that's what the eunuch did in the book of Acts. Whenever Philip was teaching him and, and the, the eunuch looked at him and he said, well, what's keeping me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe, you, you may. In Romans 10, it says, if you confess Jesus before people, he'll confess you before the Father. In other words, if you're able to say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Well, that means Jesus will from now on say to God, 
this person is mine. They are in the story. They are my brother. They are my sister. They are our family. And that's a great friend to have. So we believe now and we understand a little bit about baptism and we, we don't want our sins to be with us. We want those washed away. And that's a really good phrase for this because that's what happens. So what do we do? Well, we enter water just like we have all, this other, all these other stories. We walk into the water. We commit ourselves to Jesus. Now again, you gotta be old enough to really be thinking seriously about this. Because it's kind of like joining the military or getting married. You're making a commitment. And once you make that commitment, you're bound by that commitment. That's why we should never make promises too quickly. We should never give people our word too quickly. We should be very careful because once we give people our word, we're bound to that. Now, if you're going to give yourself to Jesus and you're serious about it, great. If you're saying you want the Christian story to be your story and for your story to help the Christian story as it unfolds, that's fantastic. You've joined a river of faith and now you step in it. And as you step in it and you are baptized, God goes with you into the water. And the scripture says in Romans chapter 6 that your sins are washed away that you are now in Christ, that whenever you come out of the water, that's when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are with you forever. Now, that's very beautiful, and they will help you make something beautiful out of your life. It's rather like, have you ever watched one of those old movies? And they don't do this a lot anymore, but you might have watched in some fantasy type show as well, when somebody wants to become a knight, wants to become a great warrior for their king or queen, that they first have to kneel down. And in the British tradition and in much of European tradition, the leader would then take their sword and would tap on both sides of their shoulders and say, now you rise and you're, you're a knight. You know, you are now sir this, or you're a lady this. It, it's, a, it's a ritual again. What those people were doing was looking at a, at a lord or a king of some sort and saying, I dedicate myself to your service. Baptism is you looking at God and saying, I dedicate myself to your service. And I understand that in return, my sins are forgiven and that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will live with me. And I will be now a part of the great 2000 year old, actually much, much older than that story of the believers in the great God. That's why we baptize. If you are ready to die to yourself and to become alive to this, then you're ready to be baptized. If you have any other questions, find loving adults around you that can talk to you. If you can't find one, or you, you have a question that you're afraid to ask, um, and I, I hope that's not true, but if you need to write me, you can. We'll keep it in confidence. My email is patrick at rsafeharbor.com. But again, I hope you find a community around you. And if you want to be baptized and you can't find somebody to baptize you, 
you write me. We will do our best to get to you. Because if you want to be in this story, we want you in this story. If you want to be in this family, our arms are wide open because God's arms are wide open too. So welcome home. I hope this has helped answer any questions you've got. I hope to talk to you soon.